Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football Social Daily. With German Doner Kebab. Now 40 restaurants across the UK. Find out where at GermanDonnerKebab.com. Hello and welcome to Wednesday's episode of Football Social Daily. Uh, we're right in the middle of the weird, staggered winter break at the, in the Premier League at the minute, but there's no rest for us because we're bringing you the latest news and talking points every single day of the season, and today is no exception. Uh, to help go through today's uh, talking points, I'm Marley Anderson, and in the studio we've got Niall McCorn. Hello. And we've got Lee Whitehouse. Hello. To uh, lower league fans <laughs> in the studio <laughs> today. I could feel that coming. Oh, sorry, I well, couldn't, you know, I some couldn't of us, resist uh, that shot. I'm sorry. Some of us don't get winter breaks, Marley. You know, our players are expected to play Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday. So There's nothing well, better than well, a, Saturday, Wednesday. Nothing better than a Tuesday night match. Yeah. Nothing beats it. There you go. But it's, uh, it's winter break starting to do me in now. It seems it's so stagged. Honestly, the last time I've seen someone staggering this bad, he was just threw a cricket ball on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and if you haven't seen that, just I don't know how you haven't seen it yesterday. I seen something this morning saying it's had 10 million views and it's hilarious, the best video as ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are going to be talking a different sport today. We're going to be talking football, of course, as we do every single day of the Premier League season. Don't forget to subscribe so you can get every episode straight into your inbox wherever you uh, listen to your podcasts, wherever you get them. We're here for you. Just click subscribe. But today. We're going to be talking uh, about Maurizio Pochettino because we haven't talked about him for a little while. He sort of <laughs> he sort of gone a little bit quiet, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, he po- he pops up last night at the most random game ever. Like you wouldn't expect <laughs> to see Maurizio Pochettino, but he was at Brentford versus Leeds last night, and he was with a very interesting man because it was he's probably not a very interesting, he's probably a very <laughs> dull man. Let's be honest, but it was Neil Ashton. The guy Nick, that used to present he used to Sunday, Sunday supplement, supplement yeah. on yeah. Sky Sports. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but if you're not if you're not uh, aware of what Neil Ashton's new job is, he's left Sunday Supplement and he's now the PR advisor at Manchester United. So they're both in the same ground, sitting like on two different rows, like back to back, practically. Is this a happy coincidence or is it not? Because Pochettino was also there with um, 
Jesus Perez, his assistant. I think Chris Hutton was there as well, um, which probably is just a random one because he's a manager in his own right uh, who's out of work. But what what do we make of this? Is this too obvious to, to just ignore? I think it's interesting, especially considering the whole Neil Ashton being brought in to be Manchester United's sort of PR advisor. Um, but I guess the only way I can think why they would all be there is because they all just live in London. It must have been the only championship mm. game on in London that <laughs> night. Two teams battling yeah. it out for promotion. Brentford going really well in the championship. New ground literally on the horizon. I think when you sit in Griffin Park, you can see the you new stadium being yeah, built. Yeah. You can see, yeah. And Leeds as well, of course, although they're possibly going to do the classic Leeds choke is what I've been seeing on Twitter. Mm. Everyone's saying, all oh, Leeds are going to run out of steam again. Um, but they're also still bang up for, for promotion and still mm. you know, at the top of the championship table so two teams fighting it out for promotion unless maybe Pochettino is like in a, an absolutely amazing turn of events become the manager of Brentford or the manager of Leeds <laughs> if they go to the Premier League but yeah. um yeah I think maybe that is just a, a bit of a coincidence it would be very very poor on Manchester United's part if they were sat next to each other literally side by mm. side in the stand and interestingly enough Pochettino said that he does want to return to managing the Premier League so whether this is just a happy coincidence, I'm not so sure. Chris Hewton being there, I guess he just lives in London as well. But yeah, I mean, we'll have to wait and see, really. But I guess they still have a close working relationship, Pochettino and his assistant. And maybe yeah. they just yeah. wanted to they've, take in some championship they've, football. They've been away on holiday and everything uh, for the last few few what, months. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They were, uh, there was a clip of, um, I think it was Pochettino who kicked it. They were playing foot golf in uh, either oh, okay. Argentina or Spain. And one of them's got this amazing goal and they were celebrating like they're just they're just mates aren't they just mm. who work together and um but let's let's talk about so he was on a podcast uh called in the pink which was with a woman called natalie pinkham and his comments uh, pochettino's comments were to be honest i'd love to work in the premier league it's going to be difficult and for now it's a moment to wait and we'll see what happens uh i'm ready and waiting for a new challenge i have the belief and confidence that the next challenge will be fantastic Basically, that's saying I'm ready to come back to work. Yeah, it, it is. But, you know, he's, he's kind of... The, the, I think clubs have missed the boat with him, really. He seems to have... People have gone and replaced managers. I mean, Everton have gone and got... Uh, they've even gone and got Ancelotti in that. They've obviously um, turned, turned a massive corner moment. You know, what they, what's he waiting for? He's going to have to sit and wait until Chelsea get fed up with Frank, maybe? That's the thing. Mourinho decides, you know, the collapse at Spurs might come up and then they might go back. I mean, what? what? That's it, Lee, isn't it? Because it's, uh, you know, you look at the Premier League table and you think, where does Pochettino fit into a club now? Yeah. Because if you look at all of these, I mean, you can't see him managing anyone outside of the top 10 as they stand right now. I mean, Liverpool, no chance. Manchester City... I mean, that's an interesting one. If Pep Guardiola yeah. leaves at the end of the season, that is a very interesting scenario with Pochettino being available, particularly considering his links to Manchester United over the last couple of seasons. So, I mean, that's the only yeah. one. Like, say, Leicester are probably happy with Rodgers, Chelsea happy with Lampard, Sheffield United aren't going to sack Wilder, and Tottenham have just got Mourinho. So if you look at the others, um, United, Manchester United is obviously always a possibility with the instability there. Everton have got Ancelotti. Can't see Wolves having any trouble with... Um, Espirito Santo and Arsenal have got Arteta so yeah. the only clubs I can think of really would, would be those Manchester ones Yeah I think Pochettino one's an interest um, Pochettino going to City could be the interesting one depending on what Pep decides to do in the summer but I don't see Pep going anywhere anyway I mean, there's, there's all this talk about you know he hasn't signed a new contract and this and he's only got one year left and all, all that but 
when he went in there, he turned up and he said, you know, I'm here to do something different. You know, he's going to, he's trying to build a club. In, he's trying to build a dynasty there, in mm. essence, a bit mm. like Klopp's doing at Liverpool. And he has, and to be fair to him, he has actually succeeded to a degree. But he's now got to go and rebuild. And he's never the interesting part with Pep. He's never actually gone and rebuilt a club. When you look at or rebuilt a, a side, mm. he's had a great side, won everything, moved on. I think he'll stay with City to rebuild again. I think he'll go again. Um, and the likes of Phil Foden will get their chance. You know, he's he's got these young players around the squad. And I think he wants to grow them in. You know, he's going to lose silver. And he's mm. going to. He wants to grow this team again, and because he, he want, they want ultimately what they all want to do is they all want to emulate what Sir Alex did, um, and that's what the supporters want as well. So I, I can't see Pep go. So in terms of posh, I was, what does he do? I, he's United, probably the, you know. But then they can't keep sacking either. They've they've got to stick at some point now. If they're gonna if they're gonna go down the road of posh, they might as well do it now. Yeah. And they, they might as well do it, do it now, rip the bandaid, and off, then just go right. Again. Next season we go, and this is our man, all the way through. That's, but otherwise yeah. than that, he's, he's got to go abroad, hasn't he? Unless Wolves comes available, because <laughs> you know the. To be fair to the Wolves, the Wolves manager, he's done a great job there. He he's also looking for, you know, there's there's other candidates in the market for these big clubs as well. Yeah, than I, just Pochettino, and he's going to be expensive again. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know whether he's basically there in that comment explicitly said he's going to return to the Premier League. I mean, I, I think he would be foolish if a big club came up and became available as a managerial job in Europe mm. and not take it. I think that would be silly of him to do that. And I don't think he would do that. I think if one of the top European yeah, champions... talk League... about the Juventus job going soon as well, Exactly, so yeah. Would he not fancy that? Yeah, possibly. I mean, with the, with the talk about... We spoke on yesterday's show about Pep Guardiola being linked with the Juventus and whether you believe the story or think it's just speculation, that is one that just simply won't go away for Pep. For whatever mm. reason, it's been there two or three times this season, that's surfaced. But yeah, I mean, wh- whether Manchester City decide that, uh, you know, that they want to go for Pochettino after Guardiola, but then it's all about whether Guardiola stays at City. But the Juventus job is a possibility. <clears throat> I think the thing is there at Juventus is they want to win the Champions League. Pochettino's got Spurs to a final, but Again, trophy-wise, and it's always going to be something that haunts him until he breaks those shackles. He's not won a trophy as a manager yet, and I think that is definitely a spectre hanging over him that he needs to shake off. So whatever club he goes to next, he does need to do what he didn't do at Tottenham and win silverware. What he did at Tottenham to, like as Lee said, build a dynasty, the five years he was there, he completely transformed the club, really, didn't he? I mean, he did, yeah. He didn't build the new stadium on his own, obviously, but I mean, they've moved into a new ground. They've become challengers for the top four near enough every season after what really kind of was a top eight club, you always thought, oh, Spurs, they'll finish Europa League. He turned them into a top four competitor. So you have to give him credit for what he's done. And obviously he's looking for a project very similar to that. And uh, some of the clubs that are kind of close to doing that are, like Lee says, Wolverhampton Wanderers, Manchester United want to get back to, to where they used to be. United need to be playing Champions League football. I don't think there's any question marks about that. But yeah, I think maybe Europe might be might, a, might a more soon at, uh, destination for him. He might rock up at Newcastle. If they, if they, if, they, if this, the, the new buyout that turns up, you know, if they, if they get bought out, could oh. be a great, great place for him. To You're go not believing that, are you? No, but good. You could get, but that's that's the point we made. Though he could, where is he re, in reality going to land? Because it's, you can't see it at the moment. I can't see any of the big boys. This is like that TV show, The Million Pound Drop, where you have to spread all your cash out <laughs> yeah. across the options. And Lee's yeah. just done that. He's just put a couple of hundred grand yeah, on each drop option, him anywhere. just in case. Yeah, it's like a. 
Thing is, you're, you're not spreading anything on Newcastle, are you? So. <laughs> <laughs> if there was if there was a million quid on the on the floor, Mike Ashley would appear out of nowhere and just scoop it up and put it in his <laughs> yeah. pockets and just run for the hills. I, I've got to say, I am amazed that Arsenal never went for him. You know, when when that when that role became available, I've, I'm amazed they didn't go in and just go right. Are we going to get Pochettino? I just, and they would. And uh, to be fair, I think the Arsenal fans would have took him as well. They, they're not bothered. They're not bothered about him being ex-Spurs. They just they want a manager who's going to take them somewhere and actually get back to winning ways. And winning trophies, mm. and um, with yeah, you mentioned his the fact he didn't win any silverware at Spurs, but you know where he took that club was amazing. I think Arsenal would just love to get anywhere near that at the moment, and I'm, I'm just amazed they didn't go there. Yeah, well, rumor has it his hair wasn't good enough, and Arteta's hair ah, is right. you know <laughs> absolutely spot on. Isn't yeah, it? the the Brill Cream sponsorship yeah. was yeah. Uh, up for grabs, so they went for Arteta. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, speaking of, so we've mentioned Arsenal there, we've mentioned Man United. Um, let's look at the the, the race for the top six because it's an absolute. It's wide open at the minute. Mm. So we're, what, 25 games in now? So let's, at this stage, Sheffield United are fifth. Are we, if the if the Premier League season finished tomorrow, obviously Sheffield United would all of a sudden become, they would, would have just had the season of their lives as they have pretty much already. Do we think they can hold it? Do we think they're going to crash it? We assume Leicester are going to get in there. So what? if you two had to pick the top six, who would you go for? I don't think Sheffield United will finish top six. Um, and that's a dangerous thing for me to say because I've written off Sheffield United um, <laughs> uh, from finishing in the top ten. Fergal, obviously, yeah. has been kind of lauded recently for his prediction that Sheffield Fergal United... Is, Fergal's the most popular man yeah. in Sheffield. Yeah, he? <laughs> he is. He is. Um, predicting that Sheffield United will finish top ten. I didn't think personally they would go down this season because Sheffield United... And I've watched Chris Wilder teams before. He was at Northampton um, back in League Two mm. and he won League Two with them. Then he went to Sheffield United... Uh, my club Portsmouth actually turned him down when he applied for the job, which was a brilliant <laughs> idea. Well done, Portsmouth. <laughs> but um, if you look at their fixtures, they've still got Aston Villa a game against them to be to be um, rescheduled because obviously the Aston Villa are in the Carabao Cup final. It's the fixtures they've got coming up between now and mid March, which will really determine whether they finish in the top six for me, because they've got Brighton, Norwich, Newcastle, and then Manchester United on the twenty first of March. And I think after they play Manchester United, that's really when we'll <laughs> figure out where Sheffield United are gonna finish because their following fixtures are like Spurs, Burnley, Wolves, Chelsea, Leicester, Everton. So that big glut of fixtures mm. between mid March and the end of April are absolutely huge for Sheffield United because they're playing teams all around them that are all chasing for the top six. I think Everton um, are going to be going to be close now. Yeah. I think Spurs they've got a game in hand over Sheffield United. I think that they'll probably end up sneaking into the top six, especially with Kane coming back as quick as he is coming back. I don't know whether he'll be back before the end of the season, but certainly some of the recovery he's been going through it looks like he's making good progress. Personally, I don't think Sheffield United can hang on. I do think though they'll finish top eight. Um, but yeah, I think they'll probably finish just about eighth this year, Sheffield United. But it's, I have to say, fair play for even oh, making a stab at it. It's an absolute amazing season for them. But I think the thing for Sheffield United is that you obviously have as a club, um, when you go into a season, you're newly promoted, you, your marker is to get to forty. That's what you know. And I and I've been there yeah. myself with West Brom. It was get Sheffield to, United are on thirty nine now. Get, they're on thirty nine. It's like get to forty points and then kick on from there. And when we with it, when we did it, we got to we were doing it by um, end of February, so it was around this time actually, mm. mid mid to end Feb, and we just fell off a cliff. We I think we got nine points between then and the end of the season. So it depends how Wilder <laughs> does it in terms of ment- mentally. Is he gonna? How does he keep the? Because the players have got a goal, they've achieved their goal. How do you keep them going again? Yeah. And the the, men- the mentality around it is going to be key. I agree. I don't think they'll be there at the end of the season. Unfortunately, I, 
I'm looking at the league, you're so close, but Everton are just on such a great run at the moment. You wouldn't put it past Ancelotti to get them into that top six, the which is, is unbelievable when you think when the season they had at the start. Yeah. They were awful. The thing that got me about Everton, so obviously they've gone from the relegation zone to their seventh at the minute. They've won six out of 11 games. They haven't won 10 out of 11 yeah. or yeah. eight out of 10 or it whatever. Shows how close it is outside it's the top three. It's crazy how everyone's just trampling over each other from, mm. from what, fifth to 16th maybe? There's yeah. 10 points. There's I, like I, 13 I, points in it from 6th to 16th. I'm looking at it at the moment. Crazy. I, I think the top three will be there. I think Leicester will... Leicester has such a good season. I know they're starting to tail off a little bit, but um, I, st- I think they'll get there. I think that, you know, the, the young players he's got and Rodgers, he, he motivates them well. And he's a very good man-manager and I think he'll get them He'll get them there. Chelsea are the concern for me. I don't think Chelsea have, have got it myself. I, I look at that. The key, there's question marks over the keeper. They can't keep a clean sheet for Toffee. He's my goalkeeper in the dream team and he's absolutely awful. He's got like 19 points this season. He plays every game, you know. He's, so if, I think Chelsea and Sheffield United, as, if you look at the top six it stands, Chelsea and Sheffield United I don't think will be there. I think Tottenham will. I've got, you know, as much as Solskjaer's under pressure, you can see United getting in um, and I can and Everton. You know, Tottenham, I'm, you know, probably... A load of people give me stick on that, but I, mm. I, that's where I'm looking at Everton are on such a good run. And the one thing Ancelotti does is he, he sorts your defence out and he gets you solid and he gets you, and they're scoring goals as well. Yeah, I yeah. agree with you about the Chelsea thing. I think for Manchester United, I think it depends when Rashford comes back and mm. how good Igalo is. I think it all hinges on that. Fernandez yeah. is new, Igalo's new, and are they pinning their top six hopes on those two players? I mean, top six isn't good enough for Manchester United. No. They they need to finish fourth. Um, whether that's going to happen, I don't know. Chelsea, I think you're I think you're right there, and I fear for Chelsea just purely because Frank Lampard only really trusts Tammy Abraham as his striker. He's not been playing Giroud. Giroud wanted to leave in January. Mm. He doesn't really trust Batshuayi. He's not been playing him. And actually, Tammy Abraham played through an ankle injury in their last game. Um, so he's putting his body on the line for Lampard, and I think that may be something that is Chelsea's undoing, the fact that they didn't move Giroud on and bring someone else in to kind of give Tammy Abraham a bit of competition yeah. because what do the other strikers <laughs> think when Tammy Abraham is getting the nod despite the fact he's got an ankle injury and he's still playing through the pain so I think Chelsea will probably I think we'll I think we'll see with Chelsea the next game's Manchester United yeah. on on a Monday night so we'll see after that I think but I think you're rightly I think I worry for them Leicester I think yeah again could tail off I think Tottenham We'll get up into the top six. I, I do think they'll stay there and I think they'll probably displace either Chelsea or Sheffield United. As for Wolves, people, we haven't really mentioned them or Arsenal. They just draw too many games. 11 mm-hmm. draws for Wolves, 13 for Arsenal this season. Both the two highest um, number of draws in the league. So I, I don't see any of those teams making it into the It's, into it's interesting the top in Wolves. You know, they're, they're the best outside of the top two. They're the best against the the, the, the known big six, if you like. Yeah, sure. They're the best, they're the best team up against in those fixtures. Um, but it's against the Wolves struggle against the teams that um, kind of sit in against them, a bit like Man United do. You know, they, the teams that they can't sit and counter. Yeah. So when they have to play, because the, they are, I mean, to be fair, they, Wolves, that they are with like, lightning. They struggle with us. Yeah, they struggle with the teams that sit in, and so do Man United. And that's where I think you're right about it. Garlo. You know, if he can change, because he's going to give them something else, a different dimension uh, mm. to their play, and that could be the difference, especially with Fernandez as well. So I think there is something there for United. We've, Wolves, you know, I, I don't see it myself. I, and I think their focus will shift to the Europa. Because in reality, they've done really well. They've, you know, they've, they've got into the... 
The only way they're going to get Champions League is by winning that, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I, I don't see them getting into the top four. But and I think their their priority now they're they're only five points from safety. You know, they they they're going to be safe hundred percent. So yeah, they could just totally shift their focus onto Europa and try and win that. And they're good enough to be to be fair to them. They are good enough to go and win that um, win that trophy. Although saying that, if Man United don't up their game, they're going to be having to win that as well. So <laughs> it's going to be interesting. And then you have got the but, likes of uh, Inter dropping into the uh, yeah into yeah. the. Uh, that as well I mean, and Ajax the Sheffield United one and, it's got to be a good competition that and Everton they've got they've got nothing else though, have they so in reality they've got they can focus on league mm. um, I, I think Everton will be the, the team that, that probably surprises most because like, I, I just think Angelotti is you know and he's got he knows how to get the best out of young players as well he's never I mean every time he's he often says that the, the reason he loses his job is the reason he got the job in the first place is he makes you steady and gets the best out of your players and then the clubs like like Chelsea, want they want more. It's like, oh, I want, I want you know, they yeah. want to start playing more expansive football, want to start, you know, getting, getting more, you know, more attractive football, if you like. Yeah. But he just gets results and he's, mm. and he's proven himself. Very at the moment. pragmatic. Yeah. Well, all right. So that's, uh, so you're back in Everton then. I am. Niall, you're going for... Spurs, I think. You're going for Spurs to finish in the top six, yep. which is... So they're currently sixth, so maintaining form and solidifying it when Harry Kane comes back. Yeah, definitely. I think Spurs for me. I just think Mourinho, he's got that extra... I mean, most of the teams in the top six have played 25. Just the only thing Everton and Sheffield United have played a game more than mm. everyone else. So I think we'll wait and see what happens in those extra games. But yeah, Tottenham for me, I think. With Jose at the helm and... Um, you know, signing Lacelso permanently's been good for them. Bergvines looked decent, even though he got mm. cramp in his first game. But he'll get used to the Premier League. Scored against City. Obviously, they beat. I got City cramp getting out of result. bed this morning, Stephen. It happens to all of us. <laughs> <laughs> it happens to the best of us, mate. Yeah, um, but no, Tottenham for me. Tottenham. Okay. So right, that wraps up the first half of the uh, podcast. We're going for a quick halftime break, uh, but don't forget to uh, download our Alexa app. And, with, and you can get all the latest news from your club, your Premier League club, back on your smart speaker by just asking Open Sports Social and we'll have somebody, probably Niall, speaking <laughs> to you whenever you want and everyone knows that you just love to have Niall on demand. <laughs> Niall's voice in your living room. Uh, I was going to say bedroom there, but that would be a bit creepy. That would be creepy. <laughs> um, yeah, so download that, get all the latest news and views to your smart speaker whenever you want it. And we'll be back after this. Football Social Daily with German Doner Kebab. Now 40 restaurants across the UK. Find out where at germandonerkebab.com. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode. All right, we're back on Football Social Daily. We've gone through the top six. We've gone through Pochettino possibly going back to Man United or or just fancying watching Brentford on a Tuesday night. (laughs) Uh, Next up, we've got the fact that Bournemouth, so we'll switch it from the top of the league to close to the bottom of it now. Bournemouth have put in, if you've not heard this, they've put in a official complaint to the Premier League about re- referee Jonathan Moss. And nobody likes referees. Like Everybody gets <laughs> stiff. Right? <laughs> However, this genuinely seems like uh, it's not just sour grapes, this. So Dan Gosling has called on Jonathan Moss to come out and apologise after he showed Cherry's players zero respect during their defeat to Sheffield United. Uh, when the when Sheffield United won 2-1, that was uh, just last week. Uh, he basically goes on to say that he was giving soft fouls away and little comments, and you're kind of thinking, what, come on, what, what's he getting at here? 
And then he says, he goes on to say, the comments he made, especially to me and one other player, talking about the relegation zone and you're still in the relegation zone and you're having one, your team's having one. These comments are very disrespectful. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, they're fighting relegation and the man in the middle is just taking the mick out of the players. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? What is going on there? I know you said you don't like referees. It is all alleged. It is, yeah. However, this, this is what Gosling said, but Bournemouth apparently are in close dialogue with the Premier League about this and actually you say you don't like referees I think John Moss is a Sunderland fan is he? yeah so I think that might change things for you Marley (laughs) but uh, yeah you're having one is that a North East expression because I I don't know what that really means does that mean you're having a bad day you're having a mare I assume yeah I don't think it's enough is it? I don't know it's just a pretty standard thing but it's kind of it's kind of new like oh you're having one mate like like Lee said I think it's an absolute disgrace what he's done you know but at the same time, I don't think this is uncommon in the game. I, no. You know, I think there's... I remember a couple of... I mean, it's quite a few years ago now, but when, when we West Brom played Man United and it was when now one of our first seasons back, uh, or in the Premier League, not back in the next one. Yeah. Never really been, been yeah. a, yo, yo, a steady West Brom. team. <laughs> um, but he said that... He's interesting. Chris Brunt came out and he said... Um, and he was at a fans thing uh, that I went to and he said, uh, we, we're asking him about referees and do they show the club respect and did he feel that we get the results against the big boys and he turned around and he said they played Man United and uh, he would go if Chris he had to call Chris Brunt over and he went number 24 come and see me uh, and he was Wayne Rooney and he went come on Wayne let's have a chat and that was the comment the referee <laughs> made now the, the, that's just totally unprofessional but that's just how the you know these big you know the referees are mm. with the big team I mean mm. I'm not saying she's not a big team but um, you know I don't think this is uncommon in the sport and I think he's just. I think it's a pretty. It's more deflect. It could be deflection tactics from Bournemouth, so, and then you know putting pressure on the next referee to start giving him some, <laughs> giving him some better decisions. Ooh, I don't know. He's, conspiracy uh, Lee. Well, it just seems a bit of a bizarre thing to come out and do, and because I, like yeah. I say, I think this has been happening in the sport. It's always happened in the sport. Mm. You know, if you speak so. to the professionals, I don't think it's uh, it's uncommon. I, mm. You know, it just seems like a bit of a weird yeah. thing to bring out with mm. the name thing. I think. That all comes down to man management. And I think being a good man manager as a referee is essential. And I think with Howard Webb, he was kind of one of the best referees of the Premier League era. Yeah. I think he was, he was excellent mm. at it, wasn't he? Yeah, he had, just he had that respect. He used to be a copper, didn't he? And I think he's That's used to kind of talking from. to the, the general public and talking to people in a certain manner. And sometimes referees do use players' first names because you can kind of connect with them a little bit more in terms of saying, listen, <clears throat> Wayne or whatever. Just calm down. You're putting in a few rash challenges. I don't really want to send you off. It's all about being proactive as a referee, making sure that you can get on top of the game and, and you can keep control of the game. Calling someone Wayne and calling someone number 24, I understand, is maybe one of those niggly comments that Dan yeah. Gosling's referring to. But the fact that Dan Gosling is accusing John Moss of saying, you're still in the relegation zone and effectively your team's having a bad day, mm. that is, like Lee says, it's so unprofessional. Yeah, it if, these, unprofessional. if these allegations are true... You shouldn't even be mentioning the relegation zone. Yeah. I mean, that's because mm. even if the referee goes, oh, you're still in the relegation zone, if that inadvertently fires up Bournemouth to play better, then <laughs> yeah. he's doing his job as a referee fundamentally wrong. His job is to referee the game. It doesn't matter the position in the table. But again, if you look at, um, there was a recent article in The Athletic about 
Premier League referees and what they get paid and what they have to go through and stuff like that that says referees do do their research and they look into how teams have been given away penalties and fouls and stuff and looking yeah, for the dark arts patterns, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but the fact that a team's in the relegation zone and another one isn't shouldn't make any difference, no. really, to the way you referee the game. In fact, those are the sort of comments that shouldn't even come out of your mouth. And actually, referees now, if you accuse referees, so Gosling coming out and saying, I thought John Moss was a disgrace. If mm. anything, it's more likely that Gosling's going to get fined for criticising the officials <laughs> because that's what happens yeah. nowadays. That, that's the sad thing, like... Okay, you can't. You've got to have like basis to call someone that, and I think in this case he does, doesn't he? Like that's the example. If you you're saying he's a disgrace, you're not calling for him to be sacked. You're saying he needs to improve. Mm. So basically, he's going in he, and he saying he needs to be impartial, doesn't he? And I think this yeah. is a clear sign he's not being impartial in, or is it? You know, he's not. He's showing that he's fundamentally going. He's going interest in what happens in that game, in essence, and he you know he can't do that as a referee. So he probably needs a reprimanding by the referees association. Probably relegated to championship for a day, for a mm. day, and then he can realise what really bad football is, and then he can. Um, you going to go be, back? Is uh... you going to support him when he turns up uh, to West Brom's next game in the middle? <laughs> if he gives us a penalty in the 90th minute, he can have what he wants. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the thing. So maybe like, like, he's learned Chris Brunt's name after yeah, all. Yeah, why yeah, might he doing? Yeah. Well, let's, I'm pretty certain that he is a Sunderland supporter. I will have to apologise if I am wrong, but I'm almost 100 percent that he does support Sunderland Football Club. God. So. If he is kind of, a, you know, brought to a disciplinary hearing by the Premier League and they say, why have you been talking about this? And he goes, oh, I have no interest because I'm a Sunderland fan. Then surely he's making a rod for his own back there. If you've got no interest in the ta- league table, you don't need to make a comment on, comment on it. it. You yeah. don't need to say yeah, anything exactly, at yeah. all. So I, I think it's very, very interesting, this one. We've seen accusations before of um, more serious things, not about referees, but players accusing other players of being racist. I think... Mm. Wasn't Mark Clattenburg, one of the referees uh, a few years ago, accused of being racist to a, a player? And that was kind of disproved or, or kind of thrown in the bin, that accusation. Um, I think it's very dangerous to, to accuse people of saying stuff uh, of that seriousness. This is a little bit different. And with the referees being mic'd up and stuff nowadays, I just wonder whether those conversations are recorded somewhere at Stockley Park, um, whether, you know, that whole audio between assistant referee and Moss and whoever else is being recorded, and whether if yeah, that is the yeah, case, there's access a, to that evidence well, to kind of prove. I, I, yeah, it must be a quick trial if he's gonna if he's gonna get you know In investigated for, for I'm this. Not, so. sh- I'm not sure they everything's recorded with those mics. I'm sure when they when they first bought it all out, I think it was they have to select certain times when they turn them on. Is my understanding. I'm not. No, don't don't hold me to that. I'm not. I'm not an expert on this, but undercover for the my, uh, professional um, match officials, Fordley. Referees be, are actually be, wearing wires. It'd be interesting <laughs> to see if they can use that. Um, but you know, there's there's a lot of things that we could listen to and that the referee that could come out of the, those mics, but we never seem to hear anything. So I, I can't I can't imagine they're going to go down that route. They probably just get wiped. This get brushed under the carpet. To be honest, this whole thing. I'd have thought. Mm. You know what? My view on it. The thing that got me about this whole thing. Imagine, imagine the stuff Mike Dean comes out with that we oh, don't hear man. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh God! Uh, off your pop when he pulls a red card. Off up. your yeah. pop. Off oh your my pop. God! Wow. <laughs> what a way to boil someone's piss. That <laughs> what a blow. Uh, oh Jesus! But yeah, no. To be fair, I think there's been question marks over the the standard of refereeing in the Premier League. Um, this article I talked about earlier on the Athletic, I think it revealed that Moss has the highest percentage accuracy of decisions in the Premier League. So he right. is. He's a reasonably good referee, but I mean, the reason VAR was brought in was because we weren't happy with the standard of refereeing. 
And I know these referees are human beings, they make mistakes, but I think there is a tendency to slip into a kind of a, a world of arrogance, you know, like Mike Dean kind of gives off this energy of arrogance, I think, when he, you know, shows the red card, he almost looks pleased to show yeah. the red card, yeah, you know. I mean, one, yeah. it, it sometimes, sometimes he doesn't even look at the player. He's no, sort of like... And sh- it, showing it, the red card yeah. shouldn't be any more pleasing or displeasing than giving a free kick or a throw-in or a corner because it's just part <laughs> of your job. Do you know what I mean? So uh, it's one of those where you'll have to wait and see what happens with, with this. But the, the investigation hasn't begun yet. Bournemouth have asked the Premier League to investigate John Moss. Whether the Premier League say, no, we're right, thanks, lads. We'll have to wait and see. Well, we'll see where we'll see what happens with that. Um, if you are a, a Sunderland fan and you're sort of offended by us saying, "Oh, he's a Sunderland fan," um, if you are a Sunderland fan listening to this podcast, uh, why it's a Premier League podcast? Go, on, <laughs> go, on, uh, go and listen to a League One podcast. <laughs> All the best. We'll see you in a couple of seasons when you come back. Oh, and also about uh, John Moss. Go on. He uh, one final he, thing. He used to be James Milner's PE teacher. Oh, is that him? Is that right? Yeah, and he yeah. sent him in, off once. He sent Leeds, him off once in a in game yeah. somewhere. Yeah, cause, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, that's. Uh, I remember that's seeing that indeed. picture. Um, but John, he also John Moss. I've just googled it now. He is a Sunderland fan. In fact, he used to play for the Sunderland Academy. So there we go. There you go. So Jonathan Moss isn't popular, but one of the people that's uh, attracting a bit of media attention is in this winter break. Is Eric Dyer? Did you see this story? Do you know what? So, I, I haven't uh, seen this story until I kind of you sent an email yeah. earlier about saying what we were going to talk about in today's show, and I had no idea. Yeah. About this. Yeah. So, well, if you like Nile and you hadn't heard of it, so basically, it's it, the, my my angle of this is why is this even news? But here's the, here's the, here's what's made the news, and it's in the news, and it's Premier League, so we're going to talk about it today. Um, Eric Dyer has been sp- spotted. Use them inverted commas. Spotted. Spotted on an easy jet. Wow. No. Airline. Oh, no. oh my word. Heaven forbid. What is? Anyway, it was two hundred and fifty quid. He was going to Marrakesh. And that's it. That's the story. That's the story. That's the story. Des- desperate times for the papers this morning. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. the winter break. I know. It's, I know it's a bloody winter break, but Jesus <laughs> Christ, what is what is this obsession with how much players who are on what, what, let's Maybe. say he's on sixty grand a week? So what if he's gonna pay two hundred and fifty quid to go to Marrakesh? A... My, my what mom, do you want him to do? Get my mum was sat next to Stephen Gerrard once on a flight back from Tenerife. And he was in his heyday at Liverpool and he was earning fortunes. And, you know, he's, the players, they can get a flight to wherever they want. I don't understand how he's, <laughs> yeah. what, what, The, the paradox a, here, which is interesting, <laughs> is that EasyJet is a budget airline. Yeah, he's paid 250 quid for a flight to Marrakesh. It's how the risk is rich now. That's unbelievable. <laughs> like, if you're going to take an EasyJet flight, at least pay like 25 quid, like 10 times over hey, the odds. He's like, probably had to, yeah, he's probably had to pay for his selected seat. He's had to pay for extra oh, baggage. Yeah. He's, <laughs> had, he's had to pay a fortune. He's one of them. He's, he's a big guy as well, first, isn't he? He's one of them people that does priority boarding. Don't is. worry, boys. The plane's going to take <laughs> off when we're all on it. You can go and get on your seat first. It doesn't matter. We're all getting on. <laughs> he's a big yeah. lad as well. He probably wanted the extra legroom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's but then you get that extra responsibility if you're the one who's got to open the door. If Imagine you, uh... if, like, you know, you saw a player on a plane and then you opened the like the, the cabin above and then the, the suitcase yeah. fell out and landed on his head <laughs> oh, and you knocked yeah. him out or something. Like, you injured a player on a plane. That would be <laughs> that would be the worst. That would be brilliant, actually. Have that, you ever so. shared a plane with anyone, football, well, preferably a footballer, considering it's a football podcast, but... I haven't, no, but um, a very good friend of mine is a plumber down in, down in Pompey and... He's been called out to several Portsmouth players' houses to plumb their toilets, and oh my God. you know some of the stories is like, oh, I've cleaned I said Peter Crouch's people. toilet yeah. and stuff like that. So um, 
I'll be interested to know if there's any listeners out there that are listening to the show that have had any sort of strange encounters with football yeah. footballers, encounters of the footballing kind, you know, like in Morrison's or, you know, doing your grocery <laughs> shopping and you've bumped yeah, into yeah. David Beckham buying a hot cross bun or something like that. Yeah, I, I, uh, I once met Jason Kumas in a in a, in a <laughs> Oh, in a my bar. word. We'd, we'd just played this Everton. This is getting worse. And uh, we played Everton. He's a, he's a big Evertonian as well. And uh, he he was in a bar back in the Midlands and he was he was necking treble vodkas at the bar and he was getting them for free and he he talked so much shite. I've never he was telling me. I mean, this is this is how Jason Kumas's career goes. He's telling me how great a striker Lee uses and he's the best player he's ever played with <laughs> and all this. And it was just, but he was absolutely slating the manager as well. He was just like, hey, "You're so outspoken for a player that's out um, out of favour." And there was always a back in. I mean, West Brom players were always out and about, but there was. I mean, Russell Holt was caught having an affair. With one of the girls in the hotel. Oh god! Um, and his and his wife turned up when he was he was the reason it all came out is because he was wearing a club badge. So he he'd literally just fitted. We played <laughs> oh, the tracksuit. We played Stoke that damn school. Sure we played era. Stoke, and then he was caught in the hotel with the, one of the barmaids, and his wife turned up with a bar. Someone oh, someone phoned her to tell her that he was in the he was in the hotel, um, up to no good with one of the barmaids in the hotel. Yeah, it's just. Uh, Speaking of West Brom, wow. I saw Peter Odenwingi once eating oh, meatballs legend. in Ikea. You're talking about the biggest legend yeah. in the Albion. Oh, I, by, yeah, but Ikea meatballs, meatballs are amazing. Though. He's, yeah, eating, are he's eating his Ikea meatballs with the gravy and that with his oh. with his wife and kids. And also I met Gareth Bale once in Cardiff in Café oh, Rouge. Wow. Complete uh, coincidence. It was when he had just moved to Real Madrid. And the, uh, and I'm, the reason I spotted him was because something was... Sh- it was a sunny day in Cardiff and something was shining really brightly, sort of... You know, like when something kind of catches your eye, like a reflection. It turns out it was his watch was uh, shining off the oh, sun. Wow. And I thought, who's bloody, the, whose watch is that? And then I looked over and I thought, bloody hell, it's Gareth Bale. So <laughs> that's like, that's the only encounters I've ever had with footballers by pure chance. But yeah, I'd be interested to hear if anyone's accidentally two-footed a footballer doing their Sunday shopping or something like that. Yeah, well, there you go. If you um, if you listen to this and you're thinking, I've got one of them stories, just get us on social media at the Sports Social on Twitter, Sports Social Official on Instagram, and we're on Facebook as well. Just search Sports Social and you'll find us. And there's loads of other news and views and little tidbits from around the world. Um, my one for this uh, thing, I've I once seen Martin Skirtle. When I was on a, <laughs> I was on I was on the way to um, Bratislava for a stag do, right. so I was pretty drunk on the plane, and then one of the lads went to the toilet and he was like you never guess who's up there he's a footballer and I was like well we're going to Slovakia and the only one I can think of is Martin Skirtle he was like yeah it's right. Martin Skirtle uh, and I think judging by the look on his face I think he'd just been told he had uh, he, he could leave, he right. leave Liverpool because he was he was not happy did, did he Did he talk to you though did he acknowledge you as guys and yeah, football he, fans yeah he, he knew we yeah. knew who he was it's, it's, so. I think he's great when they you know you, you see these footballers and they actually acknowledge I mean, we I met, I met Robbie Keane a couple of months back. We were on a manager's thing um, in Newcastle. It was actually the Rockley Fork because Middlesbrough trained next door and he yeah, was yeah. actually he lives at the hotel. Um, but he was eating his dinner on his own. But he happily had me chatting to him about Wolves for about 15 minutes and said, asking him you know, when he took pictures and everything. I think it's great when the, yeah. the select, when the footballers do that because it's just like, you know, some of them are just so arrogant that they just don't want to know, do they? Or, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, it was it was really good to meet him. Actually, he was good, had a good chat with him about Wolves. He was so he actually told me he was close to going back. Um, he was he was this close, and then uh, so uh, I think so. Um, it, the deal fell through at the very last minute. He was meant to go for um, he was meant to go uh, for a 
What's he called? Medical. Medical. And, you know, um, and then he was told he was just cancelled last minute. So I do love those stories as well. There's a couple I've heard and I can't think of any specific. But, you know, when you've got the old bloke in the stands sat next to some bloke and he doesn't really know and he goes, oh, that number 10, you flipping dreadful, absolutely fucking crap player, awful. <laughs> and then he turns around and goes, yeah, that's my son. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, I love those stories. They make me crack up. <laughs> Well, there you go. Uh, as we've said, get them in on social media if you've ever got any little funny stories about uh, about players you've met in weird places or just any places, and really. Let us know how they were, who it was, who they played for at the time, and we might read them out on, the, uh, on one of the upcoming podcasts in future. But that wraps it up for today. Uh, that's the end of Wednesday's podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with another one uh, Thursday. Hopefully something happens in the next 24 <laughs> hours because we, we there's only so many times you can talk about Eric Dyer getting an easy jet flight to uh, to Marrakesh. Um, but we'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place, right in your inbox. Make sure to subscribe and we'll see you then. Football Social Daily with German Doner Kebab. Now 40 restaurants across the UK. Find out where at germandonerkebab.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.